we're looking for some normalcy in the year of 2020. Uh-huh. And so I thought, you know what? We finally have something that's familiar. Uh, LeBron made it to his 10th finals. He sure did. So finally something common happened within the year uh, 2020. I'll tell you what is not common though. Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, got bounced the second round by the Heat when all of us expected him to go to the finals. But guess what? What? There is an Antetokounmpo brother who has made it to the finals for the first time before Giannis. That's Kostas Antetokounmpo, the first Antetokounmpo brother to make it to the finals. Yes, sir. Let's get it. Wow. Put him on a plaque. Put him on a basketball card. Forget Giannis. <laughs> Yo, he's going to have that over Giannis's head for the rest of their lives. Like, if any, at any point if Giannis is like, bro, I'm better than you, Kostas is going to be like, but who made it to the finals first? I did. <laughs> I hopped on the right train. Kostas won't even be able to find a team next year, and Giannis, like, years down the line, is going to be like, dude, I was a two-time MVP and a defensive player of the year. Like, what did you do? He could be like, dude, I won an NBA championship. Yeah, I got a ring. Where's yours? Oh, snap. That's right. But then I'll be like, but how many minutes did you play in that final? So he'll be like, that, was, that wasn't the first question. You just asked me if it was a championship or not. So yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Thanksgiving with them is going to be hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Uh, how was your weekend, man? Hey, man, my weekend was good. You know, I had to cap it off with a quick Steelers dub. You know what I'm saying? Go Steelers. Shout out Juju. Shout out Big Ben. Shout out James Conner. Shout out Deontay Josh. Shout out everybody. TJ Watt, come on now. Yeah, Wayne, Wayne's Twitter lights up like Christmas when the Steelers play. Yes, it does. If you want quality content during the Steelers game, follow me at Hattrick Wizzy. I'm telling you, it's gold content. Is it's a there- coaster. Is there any pride or any significance in the fact that you beat the Houston Texans? Uh, or is it just yeah. another win? No, we're 3-0 and now. We're still undefeated. So I'm going to take that win like any other win. Yeah, well, well, the Texans, we have the same numbers, but you just flip them around. It's 0-3. So. <laughs> don't worry. Y'all will win soon. Y'all probably win next week. Uh, I, I really don't care though because again i use this word a lot with you but it's just mediocrity i mean it's those false like false Mm -hmm. senses of hope and then the coach who's horrible is also the one making decisions so anyways uh i won't go down that i won't go down that rabbit hole because honestly i don't feel like crying today so (laughs) or tonight but uh there is a lot of stuff to get to first before we get to that let me remind everybody that if you're listening on itunes make sure you give us that five star rating and drop a review for us uh we'd love that kind of support and if you're watching on youtube hello and make sure to like this video subscribe to our page and you can follow or you can listen to us on all streaming platforms from google to spotify to uh the other ones that i really don't know the name of but i know that we're on there um let's get into it wayne the lakers are going to the nba finals Uh, LeBron is going for his 10th finals. Holy moly, that's insane at the age of 35 years old. Uh, But let's talk about the Nuggets-Lakers series for a little bit. I mean, the the common trend with the Lakers throughout this whole playoffs has been not sweeps, but gentlemen sweeps. Gentlemen sweeps, man. Five games, uh, no more, no less. Just And they left it at that, and they they 
took care of business. So what were just some takeaways you had uh, maybe from the Lakers end or even the Nuggets end for this series? Um, for the, for the Lakers, I feel like, I don't know, they were just efficient coming into this. You know, they handled their business in the previous series. And so they came into this series and they were just like, you know what? This is just a fresh series. We're good. We're well rested. Let's just go out there and compete. And even in those times when it looked kind of shaky, like, oh my goodness, the Nuggets might be the comeback kids yet again. LeBron was like, um, do y'all know who I am? I'm LeBron James. Honestly, it up. when they went down 3-1, I was like, the Nuggets got them right where they want them. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, LeBron, he's going to take it. And, hey, hey, hold up. The Nuggets are comfortable right now. They love the numbers three and one. So yeah, doesn't matter which way it is. They, they just they want to be three and one at some in some capacity. But um, the the Nuggets, seeing what they went through in the series before or in the, the two series before they met the Lakers, these guys they just came com- to compete and they were ready for just about anything. Even going down three one twice, they found a way to come back and win two series. I mean, you ran into LeBron. Of course, I mean, there's, there's just nothing you can do. The Nuggets just need to place their plaque next to all the other teams that have failed running into LeBron. I mean, you have uh, Paul Millsap and the Hawks back in the day. You have uh, – who else was there? The Raptors with DeMar DeRozan. Like, there's a long list of teams that just could not make it past the wall that is LeBron. Yeah, so they can – they can hang their hat. At least they gave them, you know, a little bit of a run for their money, even though they ended up losing 4-1, right? 4-1. Right. Another gentleman's sweep. The Lakers, I mean, if you look at all their series, it's been 4-1, 4-1, 4-1. They give you one, but then they're like, look, we got to handle our business and get to the next round. So shout out to the Lakers for being efficient in all their series and, and just really coming in here just ready to compete and and put their foot down and say, look, I know what everybody's been saying before the, before the season started, and we know what happened last season, how they didn't perform as well, and LeBron set out a lot. And so he came back, and he was like, look, I'm ready. This is it. And with everything that's happened in 2020, like you said at the beginning, some normalcy, LeBron is in the finals, and we can appreciate that. So let's get it popping. Yeah, and he had some duds of games. Uh, a couple, Not duds of games, but he was kind of starting to fade out in the second half of a couple of these games. But – LeBron showed exactly who he is uh, with this game that ended last night. I think he ended the game with a triple-double, scored somewhere, sure somewhere around like 38 points, just dominated down the stretch. And it just goes to show you when he decides, like, it's time to go, he's full throttle, throttle ahead. Nobody is getting in his way, and he's just going to take care of business. And you know what? I, I saw pregame. I don't know if you saw this too on Twitter, but it was like a clip of him with his headphones on, on the sideline. And he was just looking so determined, just locked in, looking straight ahead. And I was like, good Lord, if I looked at Crosby like that, if he did something bad, I'm pretty sure he would cry. Like I wanted to cry looking at LeBron and I wasn't even the one going up against him, but he just had that LeBron determined look like I'm about to take care of business. business, And he absolutely Uh, did. Business. (laughs) I mean, mean, he he did his thing. And you know, Davis had a good game, too. He was like 8 for 16 with 28 points. But LeBron was the one that really carried them home and brought them to this 10th finals. And you do have to give some credit to the Nuggets, though, because, man, this was so exciting to watch for this team. Like, the fact that they really made every 
series they had besides this one, a seven game series and ended up winning the two previous ones is honestly, literally something we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. So they were really fun to watch. And the good thing about them as compared to maybe other teams that have failed against LeBron in the past, like a DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry or like a Paul Millsap and Al Horford and that really tight core on that Hawks team is most of those teams, they were at the peak of their powers in a way. Um, And the good news for the Nuggets is I don't really feel like they're at the peak of their powers because their team is so young and they're just now discovering kind of what they can do. Um, And they have, you know, besides this year, they have playoff wins, playoff losses under their belt, which are all good for a young team moving forward, especially when you have pieces like MPJ and Bull Bull, who barely got any minutes, but I'm sure is going to start to get into the rotation sometime next year. But I mean, I would be, I, I would be wrong to say that the Nuggets don't have anything to look forward to beyond this. I, I feel like there's just a ton of hope for them coming out of this series. Yeah, this Nuggets team, like you said, they're really young. They have potential, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, Love that word. Yeah. But the sky is a limit for these guys. And who's to say that, you know, next season comes around and, you know, they don't have to face a LeBron because maybe somebody else takes care of LeBron or something like that they might have a chance to really go all the way um, depending on, you know, who comes in, who I don't even think they really need anybody else to come in. These guys are already so good at playing together and playing for each other that I don't know. They could just run the table at some point in the near future because they like looking at them before this, before this whole playoff series and before this whole Corona, all this good stuff. I mean, just looking at this team, you're just like, all right, yes, they were the number one seed a little while ago. Yes, but like they don't look intimidating. But now that you're seeing what they can do when they play together and how they come back from 3-1 twice in a playoff series, like, come on. These guys right. are, are these guys are set. They don't really need anything else. As long as they stay together and play together, I, I'd take the Nuggets over just about almost anybody. Yeah, and it's kind of the same kind of deal with uh... – the the Lakers too like even though they were did you say the Nuggets were the one seed like a, a little while ago oh, okay so yeah but <clears throat> just in kind of a similar vein even the Lakers were the one seed and I don't think any of us looked at them during the regular season and necessarily thought that we were like sold on them being the favorites to win the championship because honestly their team around them just looked awkward mm-hmm. like Anthony Davis and LeBron are great, but I don't know how much faith you want to put in like Alex Crusoe, Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo, Danny Green, uh, the Morris twin. Like, I don't know how much you want to invest into that team because the supporting cast matters. But what we saw in this series too, was that those guys started to step up as well. Like even with, you know, they kind of split minutes between McGee and Howard during the season and Howard really was the aggressor especially towards Jokic in the series, like he neutralized him. I think we might've talked about this uh, on our last podcast, but uh, he just made it really tough for him down there. And the thing I've noticed about Jokic is he is super good, but I think one thing that he's going to learn in the off season is that he honestly just commits really dumb fouls. Like he's a great player, but I think he commits those frustration fouls that, come at the worst times and if you want to be a great player you can't really let 
frustration get to you? Because guys like Dwight Howard really took it on their sleeve to be an agitator in the series. And mm-hmm. if they can get under your skin and allow you to foul and get into foul trouble and know that because you're in foul trouble, you're going to play a little bit more timidly, they know that they've done their job. And so I really got to give it up to Dwight Howard, to Rajon Rondo, to Danny Green. And, and even I know those are the supporting cast, but even LeBron did stuff like in, I think it was game four, where he said, look, I'm guarding Jamal Murray in the last three minutes of this game. Like he took that task on himself, which is not typically the guy he was defending. Um, But, you know, in that game five, they weren't letting Jamal Murray have any space, especially because he was a little bit hobbled too. Uh, I I know he was kind of playing on like an injured knee or leg or something like that. But even with that, the Lakers were doubling him any chance they could get because they know that guy can come out in a closing game and give the Nuggets hope and and give them something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they – this series honestly was a wrap uh, after game two when the Nuggets could have had that one game and Anthony Davis ended up having that buzzer beater, which I don't even know if we spoke about that, me and you, but God, it must have sucked to be Mason Plumley the day after because he was yeah. just getting roasted everywhere you looked like because he looked at Jeremy Grant and I guess Jeremy Grant was like signaling to him or Mason was signaling to him that like, Hey, I'm going to come underneath this screen or Hey, let's, we're going to switch as soon as the play goes. But I think there was just a miscommunication and Plumley slipped under and Anthony Davis just ended up making an incredible shot, mm-hmm. which by the way, what did you think of that game winner? Yo, I was, so I was watching that. Um, I think I was like tuned into the last maybe minute. Well, we were, te- we were texting each other that night. I think we had done the podcast oh, and then yeah. we yeah, That's we right. had went and watched the game. Yeah, so as soon as we were finished, I went down and turned the game on. And, bro, I was just sitting there, and I I thought the ball was going to go to LeBron, obviously. But as soon as I saw Anthony Davis, like, he was at the bottom of the screen, and I saw Plumlee was on him, and I saw him, like, take off. I was like, oh, hold up a second. And they – like, Rajon Rondo, did you see what he how he looked after the shot Mm-mm. went in? How he was just, like – Everybody was cheering and celebrating, and Rajon Rondo was just like under the basket, like, all right, whatever. It's a, he's like, I knew this. Yeah, I knew this was this going to happen. And Anthony Davis even said it. He was like, the play was supposed to go to LeBron, but he looked at Rajon Rondo and was like, hey, give me the ball. Like, yeah. this is, this is going to be my shot. Yeah. And I, I just love that. And how he said Kobe before the shot went in or something like that, or after the shot went in. After the shot, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was perfect. And I, I understand, like, Plumlee – in that situation, he could have – he didn't have to switch, I guess. He could have just stayed with him. But he I, was trying to make the quick, like – I really don't know, but I don't put a lot of blame on on him. I feel like I put more blame on Mike Malone for – I mean, he wasn't even in the game before that point. I guess I yeah. guess he wanted to put him in because he knew that Anthony Davis could be a potential, like, lob threat. That's what I thought was going to happen. But – Like, just lob it and just – That made you know. me think, too, like, just how crazy the NBA is now. That a guy who is near seven foot can catch a lob but can also do a step-back three game winner as a big man. Like, that just blows my mind. Like, we weren't talking about this in the Shaq era. We weren't talking about this when there was, you know, Yao Ming and Patrick Ewing and all these big – historic big men. It's just ridiculous to think of how the game has evolved today. 
Could you imagine Yao Ming sitting on a three-point line? <laughs> honestly, honestly, seeing him do it like a step-back three would just look like stilts trying to stay standing. You might fall. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> you might fall. Imagine uh, Shaq just stepping back and pulling up from deep. Like, come on. Boy, that, that, that guy can't even make a free throw. Come on. Nah. Um, so I want to ask you a question about not necessarily this series, but just, I guess this is more of a legacy question now because we know that LeBron has made it. This is going to be his 10th finals now, which is again, just absolutely insane. But I want to ask this question when you hear, I'm going to give you two scenarios and I want you to tell me what, which one sounds better. Okay. All right. So if LeBron LeBron's going to the finals, but if he wins, or let's say he loses in the finals, okay? Mm-hmm. He, a three and 10 record, okay? So LeBron is, is that right? Three, three out of 10? Three or, yeah, three he's out of three, 10. He'd be three for three and seven, but three out of 10. Correct. Okay, there's that. Yeah. Or the other one is LeBron has been to the finals 10 times. Which one sounds better or worse? Or I guess, which one do you care for more? Um, I'd probably care more for the, like, he's been to the finals 10 times. Like, that's crazy. I saw a stat. <clears throat> I forgot where, like, Twitter or something, maybe. I don't know. It could be unreliable, but I'm going to say it anyway. You can roast me if I'm wrong. But LeBron has been in, like, 13.5% of all the NBA Finals, period. Like, of all the NBA Finals combined, LeBron has been in 13.5% of all of them. Yeah. He's been in 10. That's ridiculous. It's crazy. So I'd, I'd rather focus on that. Like, even, even though he's lost, uh, what, six? Six times and won three. That's cool, whatever. You can throw that in the debate about him being the GOAT or whatever. But he's been to the finals 10 times. Yeah, I think I probably side with you as well. And and we also have to think, like, he ran up against, you know, possibly one of the most – one of the best teams ever in history in the Golden State Warriors. Like, if if they weren't assembled, <clears throat> if, if Steph Curry and Klay Thompson wouldn't have kind of risen from out of nowhere, we could be talking about a whole different scenario. We could be talking about LeBron already having – six rings you know mm-hmm. um but unfortunately he had to face them and that's just something that you know every mm-hmm. all fans have to live with and he has to live with but yeah i would i would side more with 10 and here's the crazy thing let's say he does so he's gonna go to the finals let's say he wins he's now he's now won four out of 10 finals that he's been to but it's not just the four rings it's that he's now one with three different franchises: mm-hmm. the Miami Heat, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and now what would be the Los Angeles Lakers. That to me brings it to a whole new level because it's not just about the four rings, but it's about the fact that you brought three franchises to the promised land, basically. Yeah. That you know, I even think I didn't even think about that, and that's a good point to bring up because I wonder if anybody else has done that. Or even more than three franchise. And, but I'm not know. talking about like, you know, some sort of a, like Patrick McCaw who's like hopped around and just won finals. But like a, yeah. a legitimate guy who's led teams to where 
they won a championship. I don't know if that's ever happened before. No, I don't. I don't know. I'd have to look look that up. But like he's been in three different three three different teams. That's three different environments, three different groups of players, and to go to those teams and be like, look, I know who y'all are, and y'all know who I am, and y'all know why I'm here. We get into the promised land. Right. Like that's crazy. And especially so, like, he, at the age of 35. Yeah. And so, like, as far as the whole who's better, Jordan or LeBron thing, like, I mean, that I'm, t- I'm tired crazy. of that conversation, anyways. Yeah. Honestly. Why can't we just respect greatness for what they are when they were? Yeah. I couldn't agree more. But um, for those of you who, who love to debate that, you can add that to the LeBron fire, I guess. Because I didn't even think about that. That's crazy. Three different teams, three different environments. It's not that easy to, like, have three different groups of players that you have to lead because you have different egos, different personalities, different all different coaching styles, and you have to, like, find a way to work with all that and get a ring. That's crazy. Yeah, and it was not just uh, – like, I'm trying to think here. Who – LeBron defeated in those first two years in Miami because like obviously he made it past the Spurs but when they actually made it to the finals oh wait 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 the Miami's 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 in the east so yeah so they faced the Spurs in the finals they beat the Spurs once and was it the Mavs the the Mavs beat them but the Mavs beat them once but I I was thinking he beat and then he beat the Mavs right I think so but I'm not completely sure. But then he goes to Cleveland, faces the, those Golden State teams. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to L.A. where he's f- faced with this totally odd scenario of playing inside of a bubble without any fans and being quarantined for literally four months. Like each of the stages of him winning championships as well has been some sort of obstacle that is just unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, he's I mean, he's doing his thing. I mean, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but just the – I mean, yes, even just the fact that he's made 10 is incredible. But somebody asked him after the game, they said, are you – because he was just like sitting on the confetti when they were all celebrating. He wasn't even doing it. He's like, I've been here before. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked him, like, are you excited? He was like, well, we got – we got bigger fish to fry. And uh, I really wish he would have said, though, that we have bigger nuggets to fry, but he didn't say that. Missed a perfect opportunity. He honestly missed the perfect dad joke. And, you know, but, you know. No, his kids would have roasted him for sure. Yeah. Yeah, they would have. But, I mean, your kids, you know, kids would have roasted you even if you said what he said, bigger <laughs> fish to fry. Like, that's such a dad saying, right? Yeah. I've never said it though, so I'm still. I don't think I'll say it. Hopefully not ever. (laughs) Never say never. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so there's a game happening right now. It's Game Six of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. Currently, as it stands, it's the third quarter with about three minutes left, and the Heat are leading the Celtics 82 to 74. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into the potential of, a, you know, a game seven between these two teams or even uh, or even Miami potentially going to the finals after tonight, 
I want to just know your thoughts on this series. For me, it's it's been really gritty in a way. Like it, they've just been pound for pound, but also the Heat have shown that they've in a lot of these games they're just the ones that are are willing to be more the aggressors and the, and the ones willing to just get down and dirty even if it doesn't look pretty. And Bam Adebayo has been incredible. Uh, Jimmy Butler hasn't even been great in this series, but you have guys like Tyler Hero stepping out for 37 points and just going crazy, honestly. Like, they just have options all around. Even when Jay Crowder has kind of been slipping from the three-point line, uh, like, these guys are still finding ways uh, to win. And, uh, you know, the Celtics made a good push the last game to get this to a 3-2 series and not end that series right away at five games. And I think it was really because Jason Tatum did a great job in that second half. He's really a second-half player. Like, he has these duds in the first half, and then he comes out for, like, 20 points. And uh, and then Daniel Tice uh, kind of found a way to neutralize Bam as well. So um, what are your thoughts, though, on this series so far? Like you said earlier, it's it's a gritty series. It's pound for pound, hit for hit. Like, when you're watching two good boxers go at it, just throwing – one haymaker after the other. That's basically what this series is. And I mean, from the jump, I mean, the Heat, they, they're showing a different level of tenacity that I like, <clears throat> but no slight to the Celtics who are just really the, the more skilled team, the more technical team. They just need to, I guess, have that, like that pack mentality, you know? The Heat have that pack mentality where they know what's best for the team, and so they're going to do that. The Celtics, I don't, I'm not saying that I don't get that vibe, but, like, they're just so technical and so skilled. And then you have, like, a player like Marcus Smart who has that, like, you know, I'm going to do what's best for the team. I'm going to die for the loose balls. I'm going to do, you know, get under somebody's skin, get somebody in foul trouble, do all the little stuff to get my team over the edge. But the thing is, the whole Heat team is like that. Like they're already a bunch, a bunch of Marcus Smarts. Yeah, in the in the in the with the mind, not the skill. Yeah, the mind. It has but, to um, be. It has to be like the the big difference between these two teams is one, like you said, the Celtics are really skilled. The Heat, they're skilled in a lot of ways, but also I feel like they have more of a plan, more of a game plan than the Celtics actually do. Mm-hmm. Like when. When the Heat run a zone defense against the Celtics, they honestly look clueless sometimes, and they really don't know how to counter it. And they've come out of games where they've lost, and the same defense happens again, and they've really, they really haven't made any adjustments. It's like they're almost relying simply on the fact that they have more skilled players, but the Heat have more schemes and more mm-hmm. – and, and, and uh, what's the word? I guess weapons to throw at them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a product of Eric Spolstra too. I mean, this guy has seen that, yeah. everything. I mean, he's seen, and he's been through a multitude of eras too. You know, he was, you know, throw it down in the post to to Tim Duncan and and find a way to neutralize him to now this, you know, heavy three ball, small ball lineup. Um, but it, it just seems like the Heat are the ones that have more of a plan while the Celtics are really just relying on trying to beat guys off the dribble or trying to just heave up these shots that, you know, could go in or could not go in. Yeah, I definitely hear that. Um, 
yeah, when you look at the coaching and how they, I guess, draw things up, like you said, Eric Spolster has been here. He knows what it takes. And he's going to go out there and try and out-coach the other coach. Brad Stevens, yes, he's been in the playoffs a few times. And he has, you know, some experience. But getting these guys to game plan and getting them all on the same page, that's going to be where his, I guess, where the real coaching comes in or where he needs to step up and be like, okay, if they're doing this, we need to do this. You can't, it can't just be like, okay, let's get, you know, move the ball because they're in a zone and we don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. No, it needs to, you need to have a set, like, go-to few plays where you're like, okay, if you see them running a 2-3 zone, this is what we're going to do to stop it. And you need to execute and get it done. Right. And then if you see them doing this, like, you have to have those things. And I don't know if he has that yet. Because they're so skilled, it might just be like, you know, just recognize and get, you know, find the open shot. And that's right. like his little pitch to the team. But it's got to be deeper than that. It's got to be more aggressive. You have to be so sure of yourself as a coach. that, like, hey, when we see this, we have to do this. That's it. And Spolstra, because he's, you know, been to the finals, he's got the ring. Like, he's, he knows what it takes to get back there. And he has this team of just absolute go-getters. And he's just like, look, if we do this, we're good. So let's go right. out there and get it. Simple as that. So, what if the Celtics just ran more isolations for Brad Wanamaker and just had him take it home to the to the promised land? You think that like, could work? That that'd be like how the Rockets almost lost to Lou Dort. <laughs> he dropped thirty. Wayne, you are bringing up some scars, my friend. Sorry, it's okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's just a comparison. Could we call Tyler Hero like the new white chocolate? You know what? I'm okay with that. You know, because Jason Williams was was that dude back in the day making those slick passes and just, you know, brought kind of a new style into the NBA. But I don't know. I feel like Tyler Hero just has that swagger. I feel like it's appropriate to call him like white chocolate 2.0. Yeah, I'm okay with that. He can be – what's another name? White chocolate. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. Uh, vanilla wafer, vanilla wafer. <laughs> Yo, yeah, he'll be a little vanilla wafer, little uh, vanilla wafer, vanilla ice cream. Uh, <laughs> what else? What little other vanilla bean? What other? Yeah, vanilla bean. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, I like that vanilla bean. Vanilla, the vanilla bean boy. <laughs> yeah, he had an awesome game though. He was he was tearing it up. Uh, I think it was game three or something and that was kind of when the Celtics had to just like shrug their shoulders because it's like man we try to game plan against Bam and against uh Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson off the three-point line and then Tyler Hero comes out of nowhere off the bench and ends up scoring 37 points yeah like what do you what do you do about that you really don't do anything about that so uh I know the next game he didn't have as great of a game but he was also in foul trouble so uh did you just look up some stats? I, I looked at the score. Okay. End of the third, it's 88-86 heat. Oh, my goodness. That closed. That gap closed real quick. Yep. You know we're about to wrap up this pot again. We had to do this last <laughs> week, too. This game's too good, man. We're going to get out of here. <laughs> it's like every time we do a podcast, a good game's on. Yeah. Uh, okay, so between these two teams, though, so personally, I want to see a game seven, right? I think we would all want to see a game seven because it's game sevens. But mm-hmm. let's, you know, whether it's a game seven or whether the Heat win tonight, 
whatever it may end up being. Which of these two teams between the Celtics and between the Heat do you actually want not, – not the team that you think is going to just win this series, but more so the team you want to see go to the finals and face LeBron and AD and the Lakers? If I'm talking the team I want to see go face LeBron, I want to see the Celtics go face LeBron. Really? That, yes. so that kind of surprised me. I don't know why. Well, I mean, I picked the Heat to win the series just because right. I feel like they're just like they're just better built for this moment. Yeah. But I would love to see I mean, I know this team is kind of fresh or kind of new. I mean, they like a couple of them have been playing together for a while, but personally, I absolutely love Kimba Walker. And it's about time that he got some shine in the finals. Mm. And you know, we haven't really seen much of him like much of him in the playoffs because of he was on like what the Hornets for the longest time. So now he's on a team and they're like really, really, really good. So I kind of want to see him in the finals, man, because he just deserves so much credit for just sticking with a team and always being that guy, like the go-to guy. And most, I still believe he's the most underrated point guard in the league, mm. which is debatable, but Drew holiday. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to see Kimball Walker get that shine, man. Even if they lose, I mean, it's LeBron. But even if they lose, I just really want to see Kimball. And Jason Tatum, I feel like he deserves to be in the finals in some capacity. So Yeah, and on the flip yeah. side, with the with who you mentioned, Tatum and, and even Brown too, I think yeah. back to like the last dance uh, show with the Chicago Bulls and how we just got to see their entire you know run as a team. To me, this is one – if the Celtics made it, it would be one of those – legacy building type of moments where you see Tatum and Brown like really young ages like start to just blossom and potentially win a championship against you know the 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 guy with the crown you know Mm -hmm. LeBron James and Anthony Davis the one who wants to also you know take over the west so to those moments kind of just solidify themselves in history especially at those young ages so yeah you're right I would love to see Kimba Walker gets some shine, but also Tatum and Brown as well. Um, I think I want to see the Heat, though. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I'd I'd like to see the Celtics Lakers because of like also like the team history and rivalry between those two franchises. Because I think the Lakers and the Celtics hold the most championships between those two franchises. I can't remember who's edging out right now, but I think it's really close. So I like that narrative to like going, going to it with that. But also I like the narrative of LeBron James, old Miami Heat team coming in to defeat him potentially with a guy like Jimmy Butler, who was a second round pick and with a guy like Duncan Robinson who came from like a D3 school and is now in a starting lineup on a championship team and a guy like Bam Adebayo who nobody had on their radar and became one of the best defensive players and an all-star in his second year. Like those just hard grit stories. Mm -hmm. I just gravitate towards those. And I feel like it would be really fun to see a team that gritty because I don't feel like Boston really has that grit Mm -hmm. and one thing that was really defeating for the Nuggets was the fact that LeBron James could just drive down the paint and go at anybody in, in that series. 
they really didn't have a lot of guys who, who could stop him. Uh, like you could argue maybe Jeremy Grant or uh, – I'm drawing a blank on the other guy's name. But he got to the basket whenever he, whenever he wanted. And it's going to be a lot harder for him to do that against a guy like Bam Adebayo. Like that dude can protect – the paint all day he can move his feet he's not going to be a liability in an isolation setting um i just feel good about the heat's chances i'm not saying they'll win i just think they might make it more competitive than the celtics yeah and to think eric spolster would be able to coach against lebron mm. instead of coaching for him and he so, knows him pretty well yeah so that'd be interesting to see who like the matchups that he throws at lebron to see if he can you know kind of get him off a little bit because he knows LeBron and he knows his go-tos and all that stuff so he might be able to kind of get LeBron off his game a little bit by throwing different looks at him yeah so that'd be interesting no doubt about it it would and honestly it'd just be so weird to see Jimmy Butler holding up a championship trophy I don't know why that image is really weird in my mind but I'm just like that's not possible right especially like I didn't even have the heat anywhere in contention this year like I knew they were going to be competitive but I'm I wasn't like they're going to make it to the championship so we shall see but l- let's hear it right here before we hop off the pot Wayne because mm-hmm. you got a quarter left to make this prediction and then right when they right when we release this recording it's already going to be done so who are you taking it, are the Celtics winning tonight in this game six or are the Heat advancing tonight and making it to the NBA finals you heard it here first the Heat are winning this game and going to the finals. Oh, man. Okay. Yes. Uh, I'm just hey, – Can I'm I not... say something real quick? Oh, go ahead. No, you cannot say something. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I just noticed um, – that we haven't talked about this on the podcast, I don't think. Um, when is Jimmy Butler going to get a haircut? Because there's barbers in the bubble. There are bubble yes. barbers. Isn't Rondo's brother one of the barbers? I don't know. Which That's what I heard. Sense, but – Okay, wait, are... I don't – I don't have a problem with his hair. I do have a problem with his mustache. I, I feel like he's just not getting anything anything cut until, like, they're eliminated or they win the whole thing, which I'm cool with that. It just it just be really weird if he wins the whole thing and you see, like, this, like, really uncut dude with no edge up holding up NBA trophy. <laughs> That's going to be all over the headlines, man. Yep. It would, de- it would definitely be weird. I agree with you. He, he does look a bit straggly, scraggly. But uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is, but, and. Oh, man. You know, it, it, it doesn't have to be a complete makeover, too. Just some sort of, like you said, kind of a shape up and edge up. Just something to kind of, you know, something to work with for the cameras. Because it is rough. Um, I mean, I think they've had to censor out a few scenes with that mustache, honestly. <laughs> because it looks like it's just. I know I keep going back to the mustache, but it's like, like if you look at my mustache, if you're on YouTube right now, like I don't have the greatest mustache, but it's at least kind of even his has like hair hanging over the lip and just like weird stuff. Like how do you even eat food? Like you probably still got leftovers from, you know, your pregame meal. It looks dirty, honestly. I think he's on like the, the whole Samson thing where, you know, just don't get it cut. Mm. Keep all his power in. Yeah. That might be it. Maybe he read his Bible before the bubble, and he was like, you know what? I read the story of Samson, so I'm going to keep the hair until we win, and then I'll cut it. Yeah, but I feel like Jay Crowder has more Samson hair. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's got the, he's got the locks, but, you know. He's, got the, he's definitely got the locks. No, but I agree. It's, he, yeah, Jimmy Butler, not looking so good. Not looking anyway. so good, my man. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what was your pick? Uh, for wait, sorry, I lost my oh, train for of the for the uh, Celtics Heat. Oh, who did you choose? I chose the Heat winning it tonight. That's right. Okay. On. Well, I was just gonna say I was gonna just I was just gonna go against you and say Celtics just to make it interesting. Uh, I think we both internally want the Celtics to win though because we want to see a game seven though. Yeah. True. I would love to see a game seven. But, but my question is, because I think they said the earliest the finals can start is Wednesday. But if there's a game seven that's going to happen, is it still going to be Wednesday? Because that means that if a game seven, like if the Celtics won tonight, then that means they skip a day tomorrow mm-hmm. and they pick up on Tuesday. Tuesday. So I guess the finals would start like Friday or Thursday. So, you know, a part of me wants basketball sooner. So for that, like I would want the heat to win, but also like, let's just make it interesting and see what happens. Yeah. We'll see, man. We'll see if the heat and Jimmy Butler can get it done tonight. Uh, I know we talked about this briefly, but Billy Donovan's the head coach of the Chicago bulls. Now mm-hmm. I feel like that's just good for them because they have a noticeable name. Like it's not just some, you know, assistant coach on some team who they're giving a shot. Like this is a notable name from college and from obviously the OKC Thunder with, you know, what he was able to do this past year. So uh, any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, not really. I, I like Billy Donovan. He, you know, kind of fumbled the bag in, this, in that series. So it was about time. Still got but, a lot to prove. Yeah, he's, he does still have a lot to prove. And going over there with Zach Levine, a.k.a. Zach Levine. That's what I like to call him. But, uh, yeah. Did you Zach see Levine, that he, uh, like – learned that Billy Donovan was now the new head coach of the Chicago Bulls while he was playing a video game. I think, yeah, I think I saw, I didn't watch it, but (laughs) he was like playing his video and he picked up his phone and he was like, Oh, Billy Donovan's our our new head coach. Wow. (laughs) And like, it was so not like he was, he was like grateful and excited, but in a super nonchalant way, I, I just found it kind of funny that that was like through a video, you know, stream video game stream and then he just found out right there maybe billy donovan can be the one to come in and kind of turn things around for this team because they need something i mean what are the bright pieces zach levine kobe white wendell carter jr if he can stay healthy uh it's really oh lowry markinen like those four guys yeah they're pretty good but they got some they just got some guys that are like fillers at this point you know uh, so yeah, hopefully he can do something with them. Cause I think we, I would like to see the bulls, you know, be one of those top franchises again. Like it's just, I, I feel like the league is more fun when they are more at the top. Yeah. We going to see, man. We going to see. Maybe they can, uh, pick up Joe Kim Noah because Billy Donovan coached Joe Kim Noah at Florida and Joe Kim Noah used to play for the Bulls, so maybe he could be some sort of like vet mentor for those young guys. I don't you know. ever seen Joe Kim Noah shoot a free throw? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the discussion. It wasn't, but like as soon as I hear the name Joe Kim Noah, I just look at his free throw and the way the ball spins like sideways, like yeah. a helicopter. I don't like that. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> but the dude at one point finished fourth in MVP voting. So you can't, even with his bad free throw shooting, you even can't knock him completely. Weird. <laughs> I don't even it know does, it does it. look awkward, though. It looks, my goodness. 
Man, put put Jimmy Butler's haircut next to Joe Kim Noah's free throw form. It's like somebody censor that stuff. Please, I don't want to see that anymore. It makes me cringe, bro. Like, please. <laughs> this film is rated R. <laughs> uh, oh my uh, all right. Well, that was fun. Wayne, what are some things uh, that people should be advised of this week? Let's get some let's get some advice flowing in the podcast. What do you got for me this week? Some advice. Well, if you're listening to this and you're in Texas, mm. just a heads up. Fall is here. Get ready. Pumpkin spice lattes, baby. I actually tried a pumpkin spice latte one time. I didn't like it. The hype is not real. The well, the that's exactly what it is, though. It's 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 hype. It's a super sugary drink that has a hint of, I don't know, pumpkin flavoring in there. You don't you know what my advice is? My advice is don't fall into the hype, people. All right. You know, it's funny too. Like, I don't really feel like if you just, because I said like a hint of pumpkin in there, mm-hmm. I feel like a pumpkin by itself really just isn't good. So yeah. I feel like it's just everything's artificial and we've somehow been convinced that a certain taste is like pumpkin flavor, even though it has like, it doesn't actually taste that way. Does that make sense? I think I'm catching what you're throwing. Yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay, but in spring, summer, fall, winter, I'm not getting any other drink than a black coffee. That's it. Look, my go-to is a vanilla bean frappuccino with caramel drizzle. Oh, that's Straight that up. Tyler Hero drink. Yeah, me and Tyler be on the same on the same wavelength, bro. We out here. I don't think you could score 37 in a in a playoff game, though. Put me put me in a game against like sixth graders. I'll score 50. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I shine, baby. Yeah. Hey, me and Wayne. A chance. Me and Wayne back in the day when we used to work at the same place, we would school fifth and sixth graders all the time, bro. Yes. All the time. You look at you look at our stat sheet, bro. We're like all time MVP. Our jerseys are hanging in the rafters of the old middle school. Dude, do you remember we used to chunk footballs and basketballs from full court just to see if we yeah. could make them on downtime? Dude, you were like the half court. Full court, like champ, bro. I was the wizard, bro. I was. was it was, that, that was, was my game point, right there. It was to the point where, like, if we ever got the chance to do like the Rockets half court like challenge, and they were like, "All right, who are you putting up?" Everybody point at Drew, man, because he got it. Everybody point at Drew. I still have a video uh, of you though, Wayne, with the. That background yo. music while you're getting set up to take a three, and it's just the cleanest form ever. It's it's an epic video. I still yo, have it on my you, phone. If you still have that, you need to put that in here somewhere. <laughs> bro, I sometimes I'll go back and like watch that video and just be like, man, I I got it, bro. I got I got the three-pointer on lock. You know, it's easy. We the got re- I, I will just say this. I'll end on this. We got really bored at that job. We did some really <laughs> stupid stuff. Uh, I, I, don't so think, I don't think we did as much productive stuff as we uh, did stupid stuff, but it was a lot of fun anyways. We gave the kids something to cheer about. That's right. And we made them cry by beating them basketball every day. Hey, it builds character. Yeah, and when, and when we got mad at the kids we would just passive aggressively go all out in uh dodgeball and yeah. be like oh my gosh i'm so sorry i hurt you but in reality it was like yeah take that <laughs> <laughs> take that little jimmy yeah i hope none of the parents end up listening to this podcast i don't I mean, like that'll happen. you hit my kid in the face 
look, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> He's still scarred from that. All right. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the three and D podcast. We're going to see if the Celtics pull it out or if the heat are going to the NBA finals, but uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in and we will see you next week. Holla. Bye.